I'm Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. Prayer is action all by itself, and our prayers can impact the people we love most for generations to come. I created the Million Praying Moms podcast because prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today. Let's change that together. My goal is to help you see prayer not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. If you have questions about prayer or motherhood, if you need help taking the first steps toward a praying life, or if you want to know how to pray for specific needs affecting our children in today's culture, you're in the right place, friend prayer warrior or mom who's just starting the journey. All are welcome here. Let's get started. Have you lost your true identity? Forgotten who God made you to be? Maybe walked away from the true person inside of you because it didn't seem to fit the mold of what the world expected. Have you ever tried to change something about yourself or apologized for being you just because someone said you were a bit too much, too complicated, or too you? Have you wondered how this will impact your kids? If so, today's show is for you. We're talking with Caitlin Skaggs about her brand new book, Worth It and Wonderful. And if you spend the entire time with us today, I think you'll leave inspired to see yourself a bit more like Jesus sees you and take the first steps back to the ability to boldly be who you are, all because Jesus loves you so much. Moms, I really think we need to hear this message today. It's all too easy to lose ourselves, lose our identity in Christ when we become moms and put it in other things. And if we lose it, it's hard to help our children find it. Let's choose not to do that, starting now as we chat with Caitlin Skaggs. Caitlin is a featured writer for Inspiration Ministries. She also maintains a popular leadership lifestyle blog and regularly appears on on a local TV segment in Virginia, Morning Motivations. An entrepreneur, marketer, and dynamic communicator, she is currently the executive manager of New Hope Girls, a nonprofit based in the Dominican Republic that fights human trafficking, exploitation, and cycles of abuse. And now, because she only lives about an hour from me, and we actually got to have a long, wonderful lunch together the other day, Caitlin Skaggs is my friend. Well, Caitlin, welcome to the Million Praying Moms podcast. I am so glad to have you here with us today. Tell everybody listening a little bit about you, your family, and your ministry. Hi, well, it's so good to be here with you. Buckle up because it's a little bit of a, a journey full of plot twists. I was first a police officer, so that's where my career journey began. And since that time, I've done everything from having my own marketing agency to now working in a ministry that's um, fighting against trafficking and exploitation in the Dominican Republic. So I have this really expansive, adventurous career. And along the way, I met an amazing man who's now my husband. And we have two children who are nine and 10. So I'm in that season of life as well. Most recently, I published a book, Worth It and Wonderful. So that is also kind of the latest iteration of of where God has brought me. You really are diverse. It has been a wild journey, to say the least. (laughs) It is. It is. Before we went uh, on record here or or live, we were talking a little bit about or praying about, you know, just being grateful to the Lord for all the unique things that he allows into our lives that together make us the women that we are. You know, if, if any one of those things 
wasn't a part of his plan for you or had been left out, you'd be different than you are now. And so I'm really grateful to get to talk to you today and and see how God has woven all of those uh, great experiences together to bring something together that's pretty cool. So the subtitle of your book is inspiration for Christian women to live bravely and boldly. And I have to tell you, as someone who has, you know, had moments of my life when I felt like I was living really bravely and with boldness, and then has also had, you know, some of those valleys where I feel like, boy, there's not a brave bone in my body right now. And I would rather just kind of run and hide for a little while. Um, that resonates with me. So I would like for you to start, kind of kick us off today with painting a picture of what you see happening in the lives of Christian women that made you feel like this even needed to have a book written about it. What, what grabbed you so deeply that made you feel like I have to speak into this? Absolutely. Well, so much of it has been discovered sitting down with women over a cup of coffee and hearing the pain points and hearing the challenges and the things that set heavy on their hearts. And so much of it comes down to insecurities or fears or stresses or burdens. And I just really felt led to address that, to address that not only in kind of this high level bird's eye view, but also what does that look like when it it shows up in the nooks and crannies of who God made us to be, when it shows up in the workplace, in our homes, in our ambitions and our dreams? What does it look like to allow the Lord to transform every bit of who we are such that our braveness and our bold demeanor is found in him, not in us, but in the Lord? Yeah, I love that because if we do leave it to ourselves, we will have those dips and valleys. I'm thinking of a specific circumstance that I went through that I've talked about before some where I had someone really question my ministry once, and it was someone that I held in high esteem. And so it was really kind of devastating. They sort of accused me of doing it for all the wrong reasons. And I I thought this person knew me really well. And when that happened, I thought, my goodness, they don't know me at all. But it threatened to derail me because for a season, I allowed what they said about me to inform what I thought about me. And you're telling us that there's a different way that that can work differently so that we don't have to be on that um, up and down. So a theme that that I really enjoyed that runs through your book is the issue of self-talk. And again, this is something that's really fresh on my heart. And I'll share about that in, in just a few minutes. Proverbs 23, seven says, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. So I think it's entirely possible that a lot of what we as women and maybe as men too call self-talk is actually the enemy whispering lies to us. As believers, I think it's really important to us to learn to discern the truth from his lies and then replace those lies with the truth. So The other day I had an experience where I got into a fight with one of my teenagers and both of us said some things that, you know, we had to ask for forgiveness for. It was one of those, you know, moms of teenagers will argue with their kids. Sometimes all of us as moms, if you're out there listening and you're like, I never argue with my kids, you probably ought to be doing this podcast and not me, but um, I do argue with my kids sometimes. Right. And we did this night and it got maybe a little bit more heated than most of the normal ones do. And I remember having these thoughts pop into my mind as I left the room upset about our conversation. I just felt like I started getting pelted with those fiery darts of the enemy going, nothing you've ever done is enough. You've tried so hard and it's not mattering. He's never going to get it or, you know, things like that. He's going to 
walk away from the faith or like just little, like these short little blurbs that I just felt like were just coming at me literally in my bathroom right after this happened. And I've been a believer long enough now to know how to turn that around. Like I recognized it for what it was, which is God's grace. But I would love for you to tell us in what you have seen as you've sat down with your, you know, girls and women over coffee and and the way that you do it. How do you see this at work in women's lives today? And what can we do so that it doesn't stop us? Because I could have let that paralyze me. I could have just chosen to live there in the midst of those lies being pelted at me and allow it to keep me from being who God's called me to be. How do we keep that from happening? Yeah, well, Brooke, first off, I'm so grateful you shared. And I think sharing the struggles amongst other women of faith, other followers of Jesus, it's so important because when I heard you say that, different different circumstances, different place, but I'm telling you, it could have been exactly the life I've lived of walking into those feelings of discouragement and hearing things that are just fundamentally not true, but in the moment and in the emotions I could feel it start to chip away at the truth. And I think that's the part where, okay, so first off, we've got to turn to scripture, right? We know that as believers, we say that, but let's actually do it. Let's let the word be just exactly what it is, which is is our weapon against the lies. So, you know, I think about in um, Philippians, it talks about whatever is honorable, whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. It gives us the list of the things we're supposed to think about. So when it doesn't align with that test, we know we've got to start really fighting back. In addition to scripture and prayer and fighting in those powerful ways, we've got to lean into each other. So one thing that I do is I will actually send text messages of, hey, I'm starting to believe a lie. This isn't true. Or do you have time for a call? I need some prayer. And I will actually pray over the phone with friends. And I will ask them to tell me out loud, that is a lie. That is not truth. And there, I have chills as I say this because there is power in us declaring the word and the promises of God over each other and battling in those hard places together. I get so excited about it. So as sisters in Christ, it's our responsibility to each other to lock arms and to look each other in the eyes and say, Brooke, you're an incredible mom. You're an incredible mother. You are leading your children in the ways of truth. And, and they're not going to depart from it. And just really speaking into each other in that way. I really, really love that. And it resonates with me so much because I have a group of women in my life that have served in that way for me. I'm not sure I've ever said to them, hey, tell me this is a lie, but I think <laughs> I, pro- I might try that. <laughs> I'm, I'm open to it. Um, but I think it, it's interesting because I have served in that role. I actually had an experience recently where a member of that group was really struggling with something. And I, I don't know if you guys ever use the Marco Polo app. It's not my favorite one, but the whole group really loves it. So I've just been dragged along and I use it, but I got on there and I was like, okay, listen, I'm probably going to annoy you and frustrate you with what I'm going to say. But I am so grateful that a few years ago, when I was going through something similar, someone annoyed me and frustrated me with the truth. So I'm just going to take a a leap of faith. And I'm going to trust that you love me enough that you're going to listen to what I have to say, because I can't let you live here anymore. I can't let you live under this false impression, this lie that you're believing that is affecting you in this way and this way and this way. And so I have done that before, but I'm just saying it takes guts to do that, right? Like why, 
Why do we struggle to be that person, do you think? Well, I think we don't want to overstep and we're scared of hurting feelings and we second guess, but man, that's where the bold and brave comes in, right? That's where it has, we have to kick it up a notch. And I think that's sometimes why I like to tell people, I need you to tell me this is a lie. I need you to call this out if I'm in a place where that's where I'm recognizing it for what it is. But I just think there's such power in the name of Jesus in claiming his promises. And if we're going to claim those promises over our children, over our marriages, we can claim them over each other as sisters in Christ. And I think that's what it means to be a warrior, right? To be a warrior for the Lord and to fight the important battles that we're fighting here as his people. So it is hard, but I think truth and love and wrapping it in love and the way you described it, oh my goodness, how much love was that? So I think there's a way. Yeah. It's interesting because here at Million Praying Moms, we focus so much on helping moms learn to pray for their kids, to pray God's truth, God's word over their kids. Sometimes I think I need to throw in there as a reminder, hey, do it for yourself as well. Mm -hmm. Like pray God's truth over you as well, because the healthier you are, the more freedom you feel in your own faith, the more ability you have in your own walk and maturity in the Lord to recognize the truth from a lie, the better it's going to be for your children. So I I just think that's a fantastic conversation and I love it so much. So in chapter two of the book, you share this big aha moment when you realized that you get to be who God made you to be. I want to just say that again, because when I read that, I actually highlighted it. And I thought, I get to be who God made me to be. And y'all, I'm 44 years old. I have written a few books now. I've been married for 20 years. My children, I have a senior in high school and a freshman in high school. Like you might look at what God has given me the privilege of doing in my life and think that I have an extraordinary amount of confidence, but I still deal with this is it okay for me to be who God made me to be? I'll just confess that to you right now. And so when I read that, I just, it grabbed me. It really did. Even as a almost 45 year old woman, as if you're listening right now, you get to be who God made you to be, not who the world says you have to be or who they might think you have to be. So why do we, and I include myself in this, why do we struggle so much to get free of worldly standards that define who we have to be? And To take that to the next step, once you get done telling us that, explain to us what that has to do with us. How does that affect us as moms? Mm. Well, first, I'm so grateful that that was able to speak into you and encourage you. I just, I have such a big smile on my face hearing that. Um, Wow. Well, I, I think it's easy to affix our identity to the things right in front of us. And that's always going to disappoint us. If we affix our identity to our career and the credentials next to our name or our degree or how cute our kids are or well-behaved our kids are, we are going to get disappointed because that's not what we were made for. We were made to have an identity rooted in the Lord through Jesus. And when we do that, oh my goodness, we are indeed set free. And that kind of freedom comes with joy and even a bit of adventure, like, God, what do you have next for me? And when you lean into that, you just uncover all these possibilities, but it's truly being rooted in him. I think that's the important thing to emphasize. It's not like we leave him at home base and we go off on this journey of self-discovery and then we come back and report to God what we learned. Like He has to be walking with us. We have to be locking arms and attentive and discerning. But when we 
do that, when we tell the world, your definition of me is not enough, there's actually a better definition, a more life-giving, robust, vibrant definition of living, that's when we can start to shed the insecurities. Because now all of a sudden, I don't care if my Instagram feed doesn't look as picture perfect as the mom next to me, because that's not my measurement of success. My measurement of success is how intimately am I walking with the Lord and how much am I letting him inform every bit of who I am. Okay, so part two. So that that's me getting on my soapbox of, man, you are absolutely amazing because of your identity in the Lord. So part one. Now, part two, how does that help our children? Well, you know, I think about one of my favorite portions of scriptures in Matthew, and it's in Matthew 5. 16. And it says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. As we are aiming to raise godly children who love the Lord, let's shine bright as mothers. Let's give our children a reason to want to pursue the Lord. Let's show them how Jesus can make us come alive and truly set us free from insecurities and doubts. And that all comes together. It all has to wrap together as they watch us and they learn what it means to be a follower of Christ. That's so beautiful. And I I see my story in what you're saying. And I'm not sure that I ever really named it exactly this, but it is clear to me that that's what it is. I've always been a very goal-oriented person. Before we had children, I actually had a life goals list. I was groomed to be extremely goal-oriented from my dad in particular. I remember sitting down and having regular discussions with him about what my life goals were and not just what my life goals were, but how I was going to get there because you know, it's just a wish if you don't have a plan for getting there, right? And so I had this whole list of things that I wanted to accomplish in my life. And I, up until that point, had been able to do it with just gritty hard work. And uh, in fact, when we had our first son, I checked off another thing on my list um, because I had prayed and asked the Lord to give us boys. And so like, that's just kind of how I looked at at the world, I looked at my life. In fact, even to this day, there's only one thing on that list that I have yet to check off. And I don't know if I ever will, but but I've made peace with it now. But that's the way that I looked at it. And and I think, you know, when my boys came along 23 months apart, they kicked my feet out from under me. And I look back and I know that it was God's kindness to me to allow that to happen. But what happened there was an identity crisis. They challenged my identity. My identity was in the ability to work hard to achieve a goal. My identity was in the fact that I had, you know, pursued all this education and that I was, you know, as a well-educated person and, and I thought I should be able to figure this out because I'm well-educated and, and things like that. And yet, again, in God's kindness, he allowed my life circumstances to challenge that in a big way so that I could be released from, as we're talking about, that lie that said that my identity was in something that can be taken away. My identity in Christ cannot be taken away. That's what we have to have, you know, that big foundation on, or it will be like the shifting sands that the that the Bible talks about. Today's show is brought to you by our newest prayer guide, Praying God's Word for Your Child's Identity in Christ. Identity. Man, that's a loaded word nowadays, isn't it? 
identity was a struggle when we were children, especially in middle and high school. But now our kids not only navigate those challenges, but music, social media, shows, friends, and sometimes even teachers telling them that their identity is fluid and ever-changing. However, we know this view is not true or helpful. Recent news is warning the family that depression, anxiety, and unhappiness rates among our children have more than doubled. Guys, that's scary. Obviously, the message our children are receiving from the sources that are bombarding them with incorrect information aren't leading to a strong sense of self and identity. So what can we do to help our kids form a healthy identity? Well, we need to point them to God, the one unchanging constant in their lives. In praying God's word for your child's identity in Christ by Tara Cole, you'll pray for God to work in your children's hearts, to have a solid view of the character of God, believe they are his masterpiece, understand their true worth and value, help them have confidence in God's plan for them, find peace in belonging to God, know they were chosen by God to bring glory to him, and so much more. With biblical teaching on identity and self-worth, scripture-inspired prayers, and space to journal using our Think, Pray, Praise method of daily prayer, this digital prayer guide is perfect for the busy mom who needs God to move in the hearts of her kids. Download your copy of Praying God's Word for Your Child's Identity in Christ now when you visit today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Talk to us a little bit about embracing our complexities. I really, as a woman, again, just feel like you have such a great ability to reach into the female heart and write out the words that we're all like, yeah, that is kind of how I feel. Talk to us about that. What might embracing our complexities look like for the mom listening today? Just tell us what that even is to start with. Maybe for that mom who feels like who she is, isn't who she should be. Yeah. Well, this comes from a really personal place because as I mentioned in the intro, you know, I used to be a cop and that's what I thought I wanted to be forever. And, and like you goal oriented, if I can dream it, I can achieve it. Here's the path forward. So when we were expecting our first child, I realized this was fundamentally not going to work with the kind of mom I wanted to be the lifestyle of law enforcement. But then I had my own identity crisis of like, you don't make sense now because you were trying to be a cop. You were a cop. This was the dream. You did the dream. Now, who are you absent of this? So I had to start to look at myself differently. And that's when I first had the aha moments about not affixing identity to achievement. So that was kind of step one. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I feel so complicated and I almost felt guilty for it. Like, how do you make sense? This former cop turned marketing, now public relations, and now we can tack on author. And I almost felt like I needed to apologize to everyone for being confusing. Like, sorry, I don't make sense. Sorry, I'm not linear, but it's not just me. Here's the thing. It's not just me. I'm sure there are almost all women listening are like me too, right? I don't totally makes sense or I have a degree I'm not using. Yes. Because I was just thinking, like as you were saying that, that how many of us like show of hands if you're listening, how many of you have apologized for yourself? Right. Why? Right. That's just what I was thinking when you were talking. Yes. And it's like for all these very bizarre reasons that when you pull back and you ask yourself fundamental questions of like, why are you sorry for that? You shouldn't be. And that just has been so heavy on my heart is when women start apologizing for the, for who they are and the gifts and talents the Lord has given them, or even for changing their mind. My goodness, it's okay to change your mind and say law enforcement worked, but now I'm doing this different thing. Or maybe 
I wanted a degree and I wanted a career, but I am so blessed to be home now with my children and nurturing from the home front. So I, I think that's really where my heart is aligned for women is wanting to just shout from the rooftops and point to scripture as a means of saying you are actually complicated because God made you wonderfully complicated from the very first elements of life when you were nothing but cells, you were already complicated. So lean into that and just be the wonderful person you are. There's a section in my book. It's one of my favorite because it makes me giggle where it's actually titled quirky and wonderfully made, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made. But I, I substituted quirky because I think we all are. We all have these ways about us that just make us the unique, amazing people that we are. I love that you are telling women that they have the freedom to be who they are. And I just feel like there's something so important about that. I want to throw you a little curveball and ask you this question because it's maybe a backdoor way of looking at it. If God has given us the freedom to be who we are, to be, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made or quirky and wonderfully made or or whatever, if it's really okay for us to be different from each other, then help us as women figure out how to give each other that freedom. If we want to have that freedom to be who we are, how do we then figure out how to give that freedom? And what I mean by that is that sometimes in our lives, when we have people who are different from us or maybe make different decisions that we do or have different life experiences or choose a different life path, I'm not talking about unbiblical ones right now. I'm just talking about different ones. We sometimes feel like if... Well, if Susie Q chose this, then it must mean that what I'm doing is wrong. Susie Q loves the Lord and Susie Q is is this or Martha May is this or, you know, whatever. If she's doing it this way, then that means that the way I'm doing it must be wrong. How do we give each other grace there? It's wonderful to say God made you the way you are and you should be that way. You should be who you are. We also kind of have to give each other permission to be that way and not feel affronted by it. Does that make sense? Oh, it absolutely does. It's such an insightful question. I'm glad you took us here. So there's so many things that are racing through my mind right now as we talk about that. I think one is we need to remember the analogy of the body of Christ and how there's so many different parts that make up the body. We don't need a bunch of ears. We don't need a bunch of eyes. We need all the different parts. The other thing I would say is when we start to feel maybe threatened, that's really the essence I got from what you shared. Can we remember we have an infinitely creative Lord and that he made so many different versions of people with their own quirks, their own um, qualities and strengths and dreams and passions. And we don't need a bunch of Caitlin's and we don't need a bunch of Brooks. We need the full array. So I think if we can see the differences in others as an expression of the creator showing up differently, that invokes like wonder and awe and excitement about how different people can be. And then also just remembering there's so many different ways to live biblical lives that it doesn't have to all look the same in cookie cutter and be curious, be curious about someone who has chosen a different path than you and what it means for them and, and listen well and love well to their pain points and their challenges. And maybe you'll have an opportunity to share too. Uh, but I think in those moments of honesty and openness, we learn from each other and we develop a sense of empathy that helps us love better, which is one of the most prominent commands we get You know, from old to new, we get the command to love well. Right. And I think when we're living in that fully loved place, 
Like we know that God created us uniquely. We know that that in all of our complexities, we are still created in his image. When we accept that and embrace that, it may make it a little bit easier to release the other people in our lives to do the same thing. Maybe the point where we get caught up in feeling like we're threatened by or affronted by another person who's different than us or making different choices or living in a different way is because we aren't free enough in ourselves to do that. That might be an indicator maybe for someone to know maybe there is more freeing work that God wants to do in my own heart so that I can be free to let you be who God has called you to be and not have to feel overwhelmed by that. I mean, how pretty, how beautiful would that be, especially in women, I think. I don't know. I mean, I can't speak for men, but I think especially in women, how beautiful would it be if we just released each other to be everything that God has made us to be, even if it looks completely different than what God has called me to be, if what he's doing in you, how beautiful would that be? Oh, I agree. And I love that word beautiful for it, because that is the picture of what what I hope for and what I dream for, for women. And I love that we can start the conversation now. And I hope, I hope that people listening are willing to do the brave things to embrace that kind of freedom. Absolutely. Well, Caitlin, one of the things that I always like to do to kind of wrap up our shows is really focus in today's issue on prayer. So I want to ask you, what do we as parents need to be praying for ourselves and for our children as they're learning to be all that God made them to be? How do we as moms empower with our prayers, our children to go and be ever? Cause that's, I want that. I may be limited in my ability to be and live fully in everything that God has called me to be. And I can trust the Lord to free me from that, you know, in his timing and grow me and as part of my maturity. But man, as a mama, I really want my children to be able to do that. I so want them to be exactly who God made them to be so that they can fulfill the role for his kingdom that he made them for. So how can I pray? What are some verses or passages that might direct our prayers there? Okay. So for me, when I think about a mother's love. And I know we had a conversation yesterday, even where I talked to you about just like how fiercely I feel my love for my children. And I, and I know that I would expect every mom listening is like, yes, I feel that it's like, why there's the mama bear mentality. So this fierce love we feel for our children. One thing that I think we can do is is pray specifically over that love. So scripture that I'm sure many have heard probably at a wedding, but I'm in 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient and kind, does not envy or boast. We probably are all familiar. But when we pray that over the way we love our children, Lord, let me love my children in a way that is patient and kind. Lord, let me love my children in a way that's not full of envy, that doesn't boast, that's humble, God. Let me not insist on my own way with my children, Lord. Let me be patient and not irritable. That's the kind of prayer that I turn to because I know that that parenting happens in the small moments, right? Parenting happens in the pivot moments when things are tense as we're getting out the door for school or when my kids see me disappointed that something didn't go my way or frustrated in the customer service line. And I want to love them and model for them the kind of love that that God gives us, that godly kind of love. Now, how is that connected to bold and brave living? Because again, it comes back to identity. And when their character and their identity is being increasingly refined, to be like that of the Lord and of Jesus Christ, then I know that as a parent, 
I am doing my part to love and nurture them um, as people of faith. So I turn to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, and I pray that over my children, and I pray that for myself as a mother that will guide us and inform us. That seems like a perfect verse. And and I would even say, in addition to that, that I think prayer is maybe one of the best ways that we can, maybe even praying God's word specifically, is one of the best ways we can release our children to be everything that God made them to be. I think we as parents get, I know me as a mom of teenagers, you know, I've got kids that are getting ready to leave the home soon. And I'm constantly asking myself the question, did I do enough? And we poured everything into him that we want to pour. Is he ready to go out into the world? And and I think the answer is yes and no, maybe every time, right? Like there's things that are good and right and ready. And then there will always be holes that the Lord will fill in as he goes. That's just all of our experiences. But instead of getting wrapped up in those fears or how do I impart everything to him that he needs? I actually feel such release when I'm praying God's word over them, if Isaiah 55 is true, then that means that God's word will not return void. It will do exactly what he purposes for it to do. So if I'm praying God's word over them, I am releasing God to accomplish his word in their lives. And I'm not trying to fit them into any form or mold that I want for them. I'm just saying, God, you do this in them and you make of them what you wanted. And so I just think praying God's word for our kids is probably one of the best ways that we can free them up from our own expectations and allow them to live the bold and brave lives that God's called them to live. Any Anything you want to say to wrap us up? Oh, I'm just so grateful for this conversation, all the places it went. I hope it is a blessing to women. I hope it encourages them as moms, but so much more. I hope it encourages them to pursue more deeply who they are in the Lord. Absolutely. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for being here with us. Tell everybody listening where they can find you, how they can benefit from the message that God's placed on your heart. Absolutely. Well, you can find me on Instagram as first name, last name, Caitlin Skaggs. I also have a website called Boldly Pursue. Probably no surprise to you, the word bold is there. So it's boldlypursue.com and and it's a blog and it's a place of connection. And then my book, Worth It and Wonderful, you can find it Amazon, Barnes and Noble, but that really is um, my heartfelt message to you and my encouragement to you in that book. Thanks for hanging out with me today, friends. Don't forget to get your copy of our new prayer guide, Praying God's Word for Your Identity in Christ. You can find it and more information about Caitlin, New Hope Girls, and her local TV segment here in Virginia, Morning Motivations, now in the show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. I talk to so many moms who say, Brooke, I want to pray for my kids. I just don't know how to start. That's exactly why I wrote my digital resource, How to Pray God's Word for Your Children. It's your how-to guide, giving you a very short, simple, step-by-step process for how I first started praying God's Word. Download it right away, and I'm not joking, you'll be praying God's Word by this afternoon. All you need is a Bible, a notebook, and a pencil, or your phone, if you prefer, somewhere to create a short list. You can find that freebie in today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kainos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. 
And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.